Welcome to this week's episode of the Small League Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Lewis, and we've got Raj here today. Hey guys, Raj here. And we've got Jeannie. Hi everyone. Yes, yeah, so the classic lyrics of Chumba Wumba, we've decided to talk about defenses today and how they can get knocked down, but they just keep on coming back. And uh, That's right. Yeah. So <laughs> one of the things you've probably noticed, guys, that this year with me as commish is that scoring is up for defenses in general we have i jacked up some of the scoring rules for points uh, for def- team defenses and we added individual defensive players as well linebackers defensive backs defensive linemen three different categories but let's start about talking about team defenses you've noticed guys that team defenses your teams have been defensive and scoring more uh, yeah, I've, I've noticed that. I mean, I've been doing a little bit more streaming, but even from past seasons, yeah, they definitely were scoring a little bit more. I mean, not a lot, but definitely a, a, a difference from previous seasons. You noticed this, Jeannie? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, you know what I did was I added points for three and outs, fourth down stops, which aren't usually part of the default package for Yahoo leagues. And I added points for total yards allowed. So there's extra points if you, you know, and a, and a sliding scale for like 300 yards or less. So that, that really helps. It's not just about points scored, but also yards allowed. That has helped increase the number of points that a defense can earn. What do you, do you guys like it? Yeah, I'm glad you did this this year. I mean, it's like every every player on the bench, including defenses, gets to make a contribution. I and mean, we're all about being a very inclusive podcast. I think it doesn't make them seem like they're just an afterthought. I, I like the fact that everybody gets a little little part in helping the team, um, you know, score some points. I actually don't like it. Hmm. Well, just talking about the team defenses right now. We're not talking about the IDP part. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. You don't like increased scoring for the defenses. No, because that's the only change you made this season. And my record is like two and nine or two and eight. Mm, and you're attributing <laughs> it to I, the I, two I, defenses. Yeah, yeah has to, that's the only way that only explanation for this. Mm, mm, I see. I see. In twenty twenty one when we did when we did this uh, and used standard default Yahoo scoring rules for defenses, the average number of points for defenses or actually the year-end points for defenses was actually less than for tight ends in a PPR situation and similar to tight ends in a non-PPR situation. But this year, through Week 12, team defenses the top four team defenses have scored between 166 to 198 points, while the wide receivers, the top four wide receivers, have scored between 187 and 202 points with Justin Jefferson at the 202 and the New England Patriots at the 198 for defenses. So the value of defenses approximates that of wide receiver ones in our league this year. It, it just makes it more important, I think, for trying to analyze and perhaps even stream team, team defenses because it's worth, if you're spending all your time thinking about how my, 
how Justin Jefferson's going to be doing or Cooper Cup before he's injured. It's also worth thinking, you know, my defense is worth as much as those guys. I don't know. I just felt that defenses are about half the game for football anyway, so we might as well increase its importance in the fantasy world as well. Yeah, that's great. Defenses win championships, right? That's what they say. Yeah, well, hopefully that holds true. In my team, I think this is my fifth, fourth or fifth defense that I've streamed. And mm. I think it's, it's, it's always good because, you know, a lot of it has to do with the opponents that the defense is playing. Yeah. So it's good to kind of have that uh, in your back pocket. To yeah, you know, we still, there's still evidence, though, that we're not really valuing defenses as well as we could have. I'm looking at our league right now. And the number one and number three defenses are New England at number one and then Washington at number three. Mm-hmm. And really, they haven't been used or picked up. I found that a little odd. I've got I've got Dallas in the number four defense, and I'm just surprised that the number one and number three really aren't being used. So there's opportunity there. And I think that it's worth for our small league listeners out there. You know, if you're going to jack up scoring for defenses, it might be, behoove you to actually think about trying to find that little extra edge and pick up the number one or number three, instead of going with what you traditionally think, well, San Francisco defense is good or Denver's defense is good, but you know, it may not be as good as you think. And it might actually be costing you. Brian, I'm, I'm kind of worried that our listeners do not hear who the number one and number three defenses were. Can you repeat that please? Really? Um, yeah. New England, number one. Okay. And Washington, New, number three. Let me hold on one second. And E. Okay. In Washington. In okay. Washington. I got it. <laughs> yeah. I think our listeners got it now. I see. Okay. Okay. What was that all about? Uh, I just want our listeners so, to, you know, have the best chance to win as possible. I see. Okay. Uh, I'll remember that. For, for some down to the waiver wire just now. Exactly. For the guy who's three and nine. I'm, I'm pro <laughs> audience. You're also yeah, we're of, very fair and inclusive podcast yeah you're also pro yourself hold on one right? second one hundred dollars on new england right you're also pro two and ten <laughs> yeah i think I, I think i've been picking the wrong defenses anyways what do you guys think of the idp uh the idp i'm not a big fan of because like i mentioned before it doesn't get us that many points and i just don't know any of these guys I just look at these names; they all look the same to me. I, I think, I think I like the idea, but because the points are so low, it, there's no you know motivation to do research. And I think if you're a commissioner next year, you know if you boost up the points, if you make each individual defensive player be you know worth kind of like a tight end or something in, in the number of points, I think it'll be a lot more popular in our league. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, it does. It does make you want to think about a different aspect of football. I mean, we, we're all very familiar with offensive players, but it does give you more excitement in some ways if you are actually following individual defensive players. Let me tell you about some of the things I learned so far through week twelve. Is that we're really not taking the opportunity to find good individual defensive players. I'll give you an example for among defense. I'll give you three examples, really. For among defensive backs, we're actually not picking. None of us have picked up the number one defensive back. 
you know, JC uh, Gardner Johnson in Philadelphia, who has six picks. Wait, how do you spell that? <laughs> Gardner, hold on. <laughs> okay. And in fact, we're not, we didn't even take the number three, number four, number six, or number seven defensive backs either. But I will tell you that the you know number five has been taken. Ladarius Sneed. I I have well I had Eddie Jackson the number two, but he's now out on injured reserve. And then the next one was Ladarius Sneed number five. But the difference though between number five and number one, which was is only about twelve points. That's twelve points over twelve games. So it really it averages one <laughs> point per game. So the so the so the failure to take the number one pick isn't necessarily hurting you if you're taking say the the number five guy. Yeah. So that may be what Jeannie was referring to. Perhaps it'd be more interesting if we jacked up the points for the IDP. It makes it more important to actually identify yeah. the number one player. The same goes for defensive line as well. I have the number one defensive line player, Max Crosby. But I will tell you, the number two, number three, number four, number five, number six, and number six, it's actually until the number 11th, the DL11 is the next one being picked by one of you guys. And again, the difference through 12 games between Max Crosby and the number 11 guy is only 10 points, less than one <laughs> point per game. So identifying the number one defensive lineman, again, is not necessarily critical. Um, same thing goes with linebacker. None of us have taken the number one linebacker, the Kansas City uh, linebacker, Nick Bolton. And in fact, Call we're not... B-O... <laughs> I've got Mike It's B O S A. Exactly. Now you guys have got to, you guys ever have to fight over him on waiver wires. But uh, <laughs> you know, I, I have I have Micah Parsons number two. But then 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 the next one of you guys uh, has the number eighteen uh, linebacker. And again, the difference between the number eighteen and number one is only about ten points as well. So it doesn't make a huge amount of difference. Uh, that your failure to pick, you know, say yeah. the number one linebacker. So I think it would be interesting if we ever did IDP again, and for you commissioners of small leagues who want to play IDP to jack up the scoring so you can increase the differential between individual defensive players, um, defensive back, defensive linemen, linebackers, combine adding up, it approximates the value of a kicker currently in our league but it is greater than a tight end except for kelsey who's just demolishing the whole tight end you know destroying that curve there but it's approximately it's still greater than the value of a tight end if you're picking uh, idp very very carefully and, and, and getting the correct players so there's some value even now but it might be more interesting to do so when there's greater differential yeah definitely something to think about for next uh, season hmm. Yeah. I find the other problem with IDP is it's hard to stream. Sometimes you you want to stream certain team defenses, say, and that would make sense. But individual defensive players, it's a little bit harder to stream. It's a little bit – it's like trying to stream kickers. It's, it's, it's a little hard to figure out who's really going to do well or not. You know, collectively you can do well, but in any individual game, I don't think you can stream – stream IDP as well as just like you can't really stream kickers. Any other thoughts about team defense? 
No, it's an interesting topic that, you know, you're obviously so enamored with quarterbacks and our high-powered running backs, receivers, that you know, these defensive players, these defensive guys just kind of take a back seat. And, you know, they work hard, too. You know, like I said, we're a very inclusive podcast. and want to make sure everybody gets their their credit. And so I think it's good, even just from a theoretical standpoint, to really be talking about these guys. I don't think they get enough credit out in the field. Yeah, you know, my feeling about all this is that it makes more sense to, instead of having a two-quarterback league, which I know a lot of leagues will have, I feel that it probably represents the game of football a little bit better if you try to increase scoring, not by having two quarterbacks, by increasing the value of defense. What are your thoughts? What about, what about I, I'm thinking if we continue this, it will evolve into no, no team defense and just more defensive players. Right? It's, that, it's like we don't have a team offense. Right. Have, right? That would be maybe the next mm-hmm. step. That'd be interesting. That'd be interesting. Right. Having, having like a quarterback, two ranked backs, two wide receivers, tight end, and then having like what? Two defensive linemen, two defensive backs, three linebackers, something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that would approximate the real game better. Although I think then you start getting minutia. I mean, as it is, I can barely remember the names of the defensive players I have. I don't think I could even tell you. Other than Aaron Donald, who I have as my defensive players. So getting into that much detail, I think, is just too much minutiae. For me, at least. I mean, team defenses, of course, we all know the team names. And we're all familiar with most of the, you know, the QBs, the running backs, receivers. But when it gets down to that, to me, that just seems like it's just a little bit too detailed. Yeah, that's a good point there. For smaller leagues, we try to keep it things simple. And the more you delve into individual defensive players, the more complexity you actually have to dive into the real game of football. So it depends how you're approaching having this small league. If you're doing a small league as an experiment to try to hang out with your friends who are really, really into football, perhaps that's the way to go. Really extend and apply IDP strategies or, you know, players and then strategize that way. But if you're trying to keep your small league simple, maybe, not really highlighting IDP as much might be the way to go. But I still like the idea of play. I personally like the idea of putting it in because I like it at least to some degree because it gives me a sense that our defensive players, as you said, Raj, because we're trying to be very inclusive, are included in this whole process. Yeah, I thought our whole mantra for our small league would just keep things simple, right? So for people who just wanted to kind of dabble in fantasy and didn't want to have a lot of work to do this you know simplification would just be a the traditional defense special teams plus all these the individual players but you know it was i think it was a interesting and worthwhile experiment for this year but i'm not a big fan you know for next season and you'd prefer two quarterback league oh absolutely yeah i think that would be much more fun Hmm. interesting not as much of a football purist, more of a fantasy football aficionado. <laughs> right, I like seeing all those points just just rack up on my uh, on the little scoreboard. <laughs> okay, well, I better try to veto your attempts to wrest commissionership from me. Although I guess you're automatically granted that yearly every 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 few every few years, anyways. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, <laughs> part of the draw of a small league. You know, last week when we had a guest 
uh, speaker on the commissioner. He was commissioner for what is it like 11, 12 years in a row. Right. Which I think it's nice to rotate because then you get a different perspective from the different commissioners, which yeah. is what we've been down doing these last few years. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, before we go, shout out to our other co our missing co-host, Shadow, a.k.a. Rick Van Winkle. I think he's actually taking a long nap right now after a huge Thanksgiving weekend. I think Shadow sent me an email this morning on saying that he's looking for a nice warm jacket. So maybe he found one and it kept him so warm and cozy that he just fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be asleep for the next hundred years. So don't expect to have well, this uh, ends this week's episode of the Small League Fantasy Football Podcast. Thank you for your time, guys. And just remember that smaller, smaller is better. better. <laughs> All right, have a good fantasy week, guys. <laughs> <laughs>